I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm No Shrek Pine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talkers. Subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers, even without playing, had one wild weekend with potential free agent targets saying, hey, maybe I'm coming to Pittsburgh. A massive trade that was speculated, brought up, urged, pressed, whatever you want to say that makes absolutely zero sense that we'll dive into. And an offensive coordinator candidate has seemingly been ruled out of the race as the Pittsburgh Steelers look to fill the shoes of Matt Canada, Eddie Faulkner, and Mike Sullivan. Meanwhile, it is guaranteed heading into the AFC and NFC championship games that a former Steeler will be a Super Bowl champion this year. Shout out Cam Sutton. Shout out Tyson Alualu. Shout out Javon Hargraves, Ray Ray McLeod, Arthur Millette, Dan Chisnia, and of course, Chris Oladokun. It is a beautiful day here in the Berg, my friend. How are you? I'm feeling very good. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, did not realize that Chris Oladokun was a Kansas City Chief, and learning that news this morning really brightened my day. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I'm just... I, I don't need coffee anymore. You know, no. that just makes me feel that gives me the energy I need to get through my day. And now I'm a, I'm a Kansas city chiefs fan. I'm a, a, I'm a Chris old fan and a Kansas city chiefs fan. That's what I'm saying. A little bit, a little bit. Never thought we'd get to a place where Chris old has more playoff wins, super bowls, potentially than anybody in the Pittsburgh Steelers. could have more super bowls than Mike Tomlin wild to think about, but you know, sometimes greatness is born in the seventh round of the NFL draft when you already have three quarterbacks on your roster and decide to bring in a fourth that doesn't get a snap during training camp. Shout out Chris Oldokin. It bothered me. I was saying it before we jumped on here. It bothered me watching the Kansas City Chiefs win last night just because, I don't know, it, it gave me like Patriots vibes and you have no idea what that feels like, but the rest of the league knows what that feels like. You're like you hit a point where you're just like, all right, I get it, man. They're good. Could, we, could something else happen here? Knowing this, learning that this morning, I'm all in. Like I'm, if the Kansas City Chiefs do it again, I'm all on board. Shout out Chris Oldokin. Great dude. Enjoyed my time getting to cover him. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man. They uh, they had a weekend. It was not boring. It should have been boring. But instead, it was filled with plenty of headlines, some big headlines, I would say, including a massive trade that has been urged for them to make that I don't think makes any sense, but I'll let you voice your opinion on that one. A pretty big name free agent who says maybe he is coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get into that one. And obviously an offensive coordinator candidate that has been ruled out, that has been talked about for probably two, maybe two plus years now. Let's start with the trade. Over the weekend, our boy Ron Cook, who always appreciate Ron Cook, always think that he has some good insight. This time, don't know if I agree with him. Urged the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade superstar edge rusher TJ Watt. Quote, if you don't look at them as a legit Super Bowl contender right now, and I don't, I would consider trading T.J. Watt. 
I don't think they will because I think they always look at themselves as a Super Bowl contender, even though they haven't won a playoff game in seven years. But would it be outrageous to consider that a possibility? Now, Stephen, let me ask you. Would it be outrageous for the Pittsburgh Steelers to consider trading TJ Watt? Yes, it would. <laughs> um, I don't really know how else to put it. Um, yes, it would. You don't get better by trading your, your best player. Um, nope. You don't get better by getting rid of your best player. Um, nope. Look, if you have so many regrets about TJ Watt not winning a playoff game, why don't you just go win a playoff game? And the thing is, like, you're better, you're more likely to do that with him than you are without him. Um, I know you would get a great return for TJ Watt. Everyone would get a great return for TJ Watt, but there's a reason why you would get a great return for TJ Watt, and there's a reason why you'd want to keep TJ Watt, TJ Watt, and that's because he is more of a sure thing than whatever return you could possibly get. Uh, for TJ Watt. And I, you know, I read through this column from Ron and I think he kind of misidentifies the Steelers situation a little bit. I don't think the, the, the situation is nearly as hopeless as he seems to make it out to be. I don't think he believes yep. the Steelers are contender for anything. And I, I kind of, we talked a little bit about it, uh, you know, in our podcast, where we wrapped up the season after Buffalo. Um, there are holes, but not everywhere. And I think this this team is much closer than I think Ron gives him credit for to uh, competing, uh, competing for something bigger like an AFC championship or or even a Super Bowl. So um, I'm much more optimistic on the kind of short term outlook on the Steelers, and I think that's why this is. I mean, this would look ridiculous to me in a bunch of different ways, but yeah. I think especially because I, I I just think the difference between me and Ron right here is just that. <laughs> we have different opinions on where the Steelers are right now and, and how yeah. much value a trade for Watt would actually bring at this moment in time. Yeah, so you look even beyond that, and let's say Ron is right, and the Steelers are not a Super Bowl contender right now, but they're trying to be. You know, And maybe they're a couple of really key pieces away, because they probably are a couple of really key pieces away. When you get to that point, okay, when you are finally a Super Bowl contender, you're telling me you don't want T.J. Watt around? You're telling me that that's the guy that you're like, ah, well, you know what? We could do it without him because I can tell you, you can't. You look at every Super Bowl. You look at every every, every team that wins Super Bowls. On the defensive side of the ball, there's always that guy. There's always the one. It's the Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know that would be the tough one. Everybody would be like, oh, well, what about the Kansas City Chiefs? Chris Jones. You have your Chris Jones. You have your Aaron Donalds. You had your Ray Lewis's. You had your Troy Polamalu's. There is always that one guy on defense that in those moments, in that we got here. We need somebody to lift us over the edge and make sure that we could win this game. You need that superstar. That superstar for the Pittsburgh Steelers is TJ Watt. Like you can't, I just don't think you could win a Super Bowl without TJ Watt. And I think a lot of people would be like, oh, that's crazy. You go get us, you, you trade them for three first round picks and you have all this talent and you have such a good team around them outside of TJ Watt. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I think you look at the past and you look at, Maybe defense doesn't win championships anymore. Maybe that is, you know, a term that or a phrase that is is moving beyond the NFL. But if you don't have that guy on defense, you're not going to win a championship. You're not going to be able to come through in those key moments. You're not going to have anybody that could stop you. That is TJ Watt. You're not going to trade a guy. And that's the other part of this is there are a lot of players in the NFL. There are a lot of players on the Pittsburgh Steelers that you should trade before they're past their prime. You should look at it. I'd rather trade you a year early than a year late. TJ Watt is not one of those guys. He is not a guy that you're sitting around going, oh, well, you, you got to make sure that you get rid of him a year before he hits that decline. No, 
every year of every year of prime that you could get out of TJ Watt is valuable years. And when it comes to where they are and where they stand, I agree with you 100 percent. The Steelers are maybe a quarterback and an offensive coordinator away from making an actual run. And there are other pieces to this puzzle that you got to put together this offseason. But those are two pretty significant ones. And if you could compete, like you got to a point where you made it to the playoffs and yeah, it looked a little disastrous, but you, you stood your ground against the Buffalo Bills. You gave yourself an opportunity there at the end to beat the Buffalo Bills with Mason Rudolph starting four games this season and your running backs coach being your offensive coordinator and your quarterbacks coach being the one that calls plays because your running backs coach, who's now your offensive coordinator, doesn't know how to call, call plays. You fired your OC mid-season you had every drama that you could possibly come up with appear I, I mean I don't think this team is is nearly as far as as Ron thinks it is that I mean I don't know I, I want to ask what TJ would go for but I think that's a dumb question because I think it, we should just continue on how it would never happen yeah I mean it would be a couple first round draft picks I think at the minimum that's what you'd have to ask for um yeah but yeah like that those that return wouldn't be as valuable to you I think in any sense as it's like, oh, we get two first round draft picks. Maybe we can draft someone who's as good as TJ Watt. It's like that. That's the kind of, that's kind of how I look at it. Like you are, when you enter the draft, when you get a first round pick, you are imagining yourself drafting someone that's as valuable as that. Someone who yeah. could, could be in contention for defensive player of the year every single year and win it multiple times. Um, you know, like that's that's the type of guy you're aiming for, and I don't know why you would trade someone who is actually like that right now. And yeah. let's not pretend like TJ Watt is like declining or anything. You know, no. like you're not kind of dumping the salary from a guy who is past his prime either. Like he he's right in the thick of some of his best seasons ever. And why you would sacrifice that that prime, um, sacrifice that? Because I, I don't know. Like uh, going back to just the idea that we're, you know. Ron Cook has a different idea of what the Steelers window is right now versus the rest of us. Like, I don't know. I, I think if you trade Watt, you immediately close that window, you know, like yes, you're just, you're, you're just clearly not as good and not good enough without him as you would be with him. And, uh, the Steelers do have the talent to right now, I think put together, they have the, the foundation of a real competitive roster. And if you trade TJ Watt, you completely undo that before you've really even hit, uh, before you've like even really found out what your potential can really be. You know, yep. I think it's cutting, it's cutting this group's timeline prematurely short. Yes, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And when it comes to whatever you'll get back for him, look at the other two that are in defensive player that you're running right now. It is what, what was, what was Micah Parsons? Like the 11th pick in the draft, 10th pick in the draft, something like that. Miles Garrett, first pick in the draft. TJ Watt was like the 27th pick in the draft. You got beyond lucky on this guy. Beyond lucky, you're not gonna you're not gonna go get a TJ unless you're trading up and you're getting. And I don't even know what the defensive side of the football looks like when it comes to edge rushers in this draft because the Steelers don't pay attention to those guys in the first round. You're not unless you're using a top five pick on an edge rusher. You're not even coming close to getting a TJ Watt worth return on this guy. And then you're pretty much in the same boat because w w unless a team's like, hey, I have three first round picks this draft. You're, you're spacing those out. You're getting one next year and the year after that. So you're just expanding this growth window. And yeah, maybe in five years, you're back to where you want to be. No, I think you're a couple of key pieces away from being there right now. And people could disagree with that. And maybe I'm totally wrong. 
I think the Steelers are, just like you said, they closed that window prematurely. They set themselves back much further than they were without T.J. Watt. And you can say whatever you want, but being 1-11 without this guy on the football field, I mean, that plays a role. You know, like that plays, you don't even know what this team does in a full season without TJ Watt on the football field. And I don't think anybody there wants to find that out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like we would get to to week four of year one without TJ Watt and we'd be like, what the hell did we we just do? Yeah, like, yep, yep, yep. You're 0-3 and you're like, wow, we just lost to the Browns, the Texans and whoever. So whoever else is really bad. And you're like, okay, sounds, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, made the right move. No, terrible idea. The Steelers would never trade TJ Watt, but you know, I like that we're getting the we're getting real jazzy earlier in the early in the offseason. This there is was what no the offseason. This is what the offseason is about. Let's throw everything out there. Let's get all idea ideas on the table and let's talk about them. It's it's yep. it's I mean, it's not like this is this idea at least. I mean, I don't agree with it and I don't agree with it pretty forcefully, but like I think I sort of understand the logic at least. I'll give I'll give him that. Maybe, 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 maybe. But I am glad that we're just throwing stuff up against the wall. Or like we didn't wait. There was no down period. There was no. Uh, well, we got to talk about salary cap space and and all this for the next four months because we're getting all that, and I'm excited to get into all that. But it's too early to get into all that. I'm glad that Ron Coke's giving us a little bit of something to talk about and just kind of say, hey, it will never happen. It'll never happen. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Moving forward. One actual player did give us something to talk about, and I think it's very worthwhile to talk about and very interesting if it becomes a possibility. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd, who shout out Tyler Boyd, made the 2024 class or the class of 2024 Whippeal Hall of Fame here in the city of Pittsburgh, said that maybe he is open to playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He told Pittsburgh Sports Now, quote, you never know. I love Coach Tomlin. He's probably one of the realest dudes in the sports business. Obviously, I played at Pitt, and I had a lot of run-ins with him and talked to, talked to him just about football. His personality is more like a father figure. It's a great connection, but who knows? Even if I don't go after this year, I could, go, I could do a one-year deal at the end of my career and maybe finish up, but who knows? Tyler Boyd is a free agent this season. His estimated Spotrack value is, we looked it up before we jumped on here, $8.7 million a year for a three-year deal. And he's coming off of a 600-yard season, two touchdowns with Jake Browning leading the way for most of the season there at quarterback. Tyler Boyd hinting that maybe he does come to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Would you be all about it? Would you consider it if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, first of all, I'd be all about it from a personal perspective because I remember watching Tyler Boyd when he was in college, and I thought he was the greatest player ever. I I literally, I still watch his (laughs) highlight tape sometimes to this day, and he made some of the most ridiculous catches in college that I've ever seen. Yeah. But. Uh, I think he's also been a productive receiver in the NFL. He's not terribly old yet, um, and no. he doesn't make that much money. Like he's not a, a, a huge, a huge cap hit for the Steelers. And you compare that to what Allen Robinson was like, what kind of money he cost the Steelers this year? Like he was making ten million dollars. He was an eleven million dollar cap hit, close to twelve million dollar cap hit. Yep, you can get Tyler Boyd for eight million dollars. Eight million. It's a better player who is miles cheaper. 
Um, and so I like Tyler Boyd had more than 650 yards. I think he had closer to six, uh, six sixty yeah, like or something, sixty-seven or something, two touchdowns. Right. Like, I mean, that's miles better than Allen Robinson for a lot cheaper, for significantly cheaper. So I, I am all in on Tyler Boyd. I think he'd be a great help. Um, plays that slot role that the slot position that they really need. So I'm, I'm all about Tyler Boyd. Let's, let's get him to Pittsburgh. I agree. I agree. And I think it makes a ton of sense. I think that if he's open to it, why are you not making the phone call? If you're Omar Khan, just say like, Hey, why would you not come to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't think there's anything there that holds you back. And when it comes to Cincinnati, they probably do want him back. But at the same time, they got to sign T Higgins. They're working on an extension for Jamar chase. Most likely they got a lot of guys that need a lot of money and, I don't think Tyler Boyd fits into that role. And maybe he does. Maybe maybe they can't afford guys, and they're just like, all right, well, let's keep the guys that we could, and maybe Tyler Boyd is in that mix. If he's not, the Pittsburgh Steelers should certainly make a phone call. You could cut Allen Robinson for, save $10 million, get yourself under the cap space. You got to make a couple of other moves, but you could come up with $8.7 million easy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm – this would be like a bargain for a really reliable slot receiver target, a guy with experience, a veteran yeah. who could help out. Like he could fill a lot of the same roles as Allen Robinson, probably better. And it's not costing you nearly as much money. Like yep. that alone just, I think makes this attractive to me. And I think Tyler Boyd has some upside still that like, Oh yeah. I don't know. He's a, he's a talented guy. Like I, I, I really like what he, what he could bring. Um, So I'm, I'm 1000% in on Tyler Boyd. Like this should I be a, think- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I also good. think that it helps Calvin Austin because I don't I don't want Calvin Austin to be like the full time slot guy. I don't want him yeah. to be the 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 true number. Like I want Calvin Austin to expand on what he did this past season. I want him to be the guy who takes the end of rounds, who runs the football sometimes, who goes deep. Like I just want him to be that utility piece that the Steelers could just be like, all right, you are very fast. Go do very fast things across the field. And and I don't want him to be strictly in the slot. I also don't want Deontay Johnson in the slot. Sorry. Just don't. He does, he's not that good in the slot. He's a much better. He's a much better X. That is what he plays his best at. And I think you could utilize him there. And George Pickens, I'm definitely not putting in the slot because that guy's a maniac and you could just really toss him everywhere. Tyler Boyd, you, like a solidified slot that is much better than Allen Robinson, much more reliable than, and I'm not saying Allen Robinson wasn't reliable, but Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd's going to be in the, be there for clutch moments. Tyler Boyd's going to make an impact on this off roster more than catching third down passes, you know, in the fourth quarter just to keep drives alive, which are is very important. Don't get me wrong, but you want more than that out of your guys. I think Tyler Boyd makes. I, I agree with you. I'm a hundred percent in on Tyler Boyd. I don't even have to look at the rest of the free agency because if he's the option, I'm going after him. Right. Absolutely. And like, yeah, it's it's no disrespect to Allen Robinson, but no, no. I mean, he. Caught two. He caught three. He had two hundred eighty yards this year. No touchdowns. Yeah, like exactly. Sorry, that's like not good enough. Like I, I don't really care how much veteran leadership you're you're providing. Like we need someone who can actually play football. You know, can actually you know really contribute on this team. So, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, nice dude, but the Steelers need something different. They need something a little bit more dynamic, and I think Tyler Boyd can bring that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You uh. You sign him for you feeling comfortable with the eight point seven eight point seven five million dollars a year. Three year uh let's, let's get the exact number here. Three year twenty six point one million dollars. Three years seems like a long time. But I think I two years, I mean two years I feel like would be ideal. Two years at that eight million dollars. I mean you could even I don't know, I guess you wouldn't want to stretch it up to ten or whatever, even if you're going two years, but I I mean I'd be 
Yeah, no, eight point seven. He's he's yeah. sitting there too. Like just to just to compare where he is roughly, because Spotrack gives you a little bit of everything here. Adam Thielen, who's thirty two years old, who also had a thousand yard year. Adam Thielen's one of the greats. Signed a three year, twenty five million dollars. He's eight point three million dollars a year. Marquez Valdez Scanling, who I think everybody has mixed opinions on this season. Three years, $10 million a year. Alan Lazard, who barely played this season, four years, $11 million a year. I think that's a bargain. Like, I think yeah. Tyler Boyd at $8.7 million, $8.75 million. And I think he'd be worth it just to go to a team where he thinks that they're almost there. They're a playoff team. He's familiar with them. And obviously, the Coach Tomlin effect, I think it plays a role. I'm all in on Tyler Boyd. I think that's a great move. Hopefully, the Pittsburgh Steelers could pull that one in. All right. Next thing I want to talk about here. Mark Caboli, friend of the show, friend of uh, Boston Me on Twitter. I had so many. He he's in he's on a trend right now where he likes to comment on my tweets, and you know I love Mark. He's the dude. But uh, I get a lot of people in my DMs once he does that that are like, "Yo, you and Caboli beefing? Are you guys uh, you guys got some issues right now?" And I always reply, "Yes." I'm always like, "Oh yeah, dude, that guy pisses yeah. me off. That <laughs> guy just boils me, man, right to my core." Now nothing but love for Mark. He is. Uh, Mark's like the guy where when we talk and we'll dive into what this is actually about here in a second, but my, Mark's the guy where like, and I'm sure it's with everybody, but it's definitely with me a lot with you as well. There, there, it's never like a se- There are never serious words that come out of his mouth ever. It's always just like, it's always like a sarcastic joke. That's like making fun of you. And I'm just like, and you just have to interpret it to be able to continue the conversation, which is, you know, I appreciate right. it. It's like Mark presents you with a riddle before you're uh, yes. that you have to solve before you're <laughs> able to have a real conversation with him. That is exactly it. That is exactly it. I I uh, I, I got a lot of texts over the weekend from a lot of people, um, just about a lot of different things, and I was expecting a text from Kaboli in the moment to just be like, "Hey, uh, you know, happy for you," or, or something, <laughs> something crazy, like just something a little bit, a little bit biting that uh, I thought would have would have fit his would have fit his mold very well. But I do love telling people that me and Kaboli are beefing on Twitter. It's always always a good time. Either way, he has said via 93.7 the fan that he doesn't know who is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers next offensive coordinator. He expects them to begin talking to people when they get down to the senior bowl here in the next week or two. But he does know who they will not hire this season. And that is former Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, who has been brought up a number of times by a number of different people, ourselves included, as a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers should consider, probably could have hired as like an offensive consultant earlier in the year or even last season. For the last two years, this guy's name's been floated around the Pittsburgh Steelers as somebody to join the off- offensive staff, ex- excuse me, According to Mark Caboli, that is the one name so far that he can rule out that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not hire. When you heard that, what were your thoughts? Does it make some sense? It it does make sense. I mean, so I think it's, I don't know. It makes sense in one sense and doesn't in another. Um, yeah. I think I kind of like that they are not necessarily looking at someone who is real established, you know, and, yes. and maybe a little older. Um, and I think it's kind of set in his ways in this league. I think they're looking for someone a little bit, maybe younger, a little bit more willing to think outside of the box. Um, and so I think in that sense, that's good. But I mean, also like 
Byron Leftwich has his has some results on his resume. You know, like he's yes. he's been there and he's done that, and he has coordinated offenses at a really high level. Um, so I think in that sense, it's a little. I wouldn't call it disappointing necessarily, but just surprising that they are kind of shutting that door that they, you know, assuming Mark's report is correct. And I do, um, I, I trust that, um, that they are kind of shutting that door so quickly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. like not even kind of exploring the possibility because if I'm not mistaken over the, like in the middle of the season, he was expressing interest in, uh, taking over a Steelers offensive coordinator while they yeah, still had like- Matt Canada. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Or like just joining the staff. He was just making fault. Hey, can I, can I come, can I get a job, please? Yeah. Like, like, literally that was, it was a no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I mean, of course it was going to be like, I don't know if they didn't hire you during the, like the Steelers weren't sitting around thinking, oh, Byron Leftwich wants to come be an offensive <laughs> analyst. Like in the, like that, I, I guess that's the part that doesn't surprise me either is that, I mean, if they turned him down in the middle of yeah. the season for even a, a lower level job, why would they? Why would they say yes now? So I guess that's not very surprising in that sense. No, I agree. I, and I don't think he look, he does have results, but he also has poor results. And, you know, things kind of fell fast. And I think the Steelers, I, I think to a degree, I like the fact that the Steelers are eliminating guys who have any connection to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't <laughs> I don't think that that fits what they should be looking for. I, I have a lot of respect for Byron Leftwich. I think a lot of guys have a lot of respect for Byron Leftwich. There's been plenty of former players, Ben Roethlisberger included, who have named him as the guy that they would like to see be their next offensive coordinator. I just, I think that you move, I think you go as far away from this as possible. You're like, hey, he played for the Pittsburgh. Sorry, pal. Nope. We're going. If you do not have any connection to us, you are at the top of the list for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That just removes all distractions. It removes any loyalty. It removes any anything at all. Anything negative whatsoever. Anything that can hold you here longer than or, or lower your level of accountability or whatever. I, I just think it should all be off the table. Byron is a guy that, yeah, I think I think things kind of like got weird, maybe, when he started looking for a job in the middle of the season, because the Steelers probably did like, hey, sorry, pal, we're we're not even considering that move. I think things are going to get more complicated if, and, and think about if it, if it did happen, like if you hired Byron while Matt Canada was still here, the headlines would be explosive. It would be so bad. Things would get so confusing and, and nobody would be talking about it. I mean, it was tough enough for players to just constantly hear, Hey, is Matt Canada getting fired? Do you think that your offensive coordinator is good enough? Could you imagine, hey, do you think that Byron Leftwich should be the offensive coordinator? Because that would be all the questions. And I just I think it was a good move by the Steelers. I think to not bring that guy in makes a lot of sense. I also just don't think that he fits. Like, I don't think he's at the level of some of these guys that the Steelers should consider, like a Clint Kubiak or I mean Cam Hayward was talking out like or tossing out like Eric Bienemy and and Bobby Slowick today. And I don't think either of those guys are on the table at all. But I just that's the level like that is the expectation. And I don't think Byron Leftwich necessarily meets that expectation. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, I feel like if you if you pulled Steelers fans today and you said Byron Leftwich, like you yeah. get half of them, that'd be like, oh, I remember that name. So, yeah, that works. Um, but you get another half that would just be that would just feel kind of underwhelmed, I think, yes. by, by that hire. It wouldn't necessarily be bad. So you can't really knock it I, I would say but it'd just be kind of underwhelming I think for a franchise that needs to be really ambitious and really be forward thinking and really kind of take a home run swing 
at this point, which is just, it's just such a pivotal point in kind of this franchise, not to like be dramatic, but this franchise's history. Um, and like this off season is going to determine a lot of the near and long-term future for this, this organization. So um, I don't think you can afford to think small in, in this, uh, in this situation. And, not that Eric BM, uh, not not Eric BM, uh, Byron Leftwich. Not that I think that he would be an awful offensive coordinator. I just think it would be underwhelming and and a little. It'd be a safe hire, right? Yes. And, and I don't think the Steelers need safe right now. No, no, they need to shoot for the stars. And, and whoever it is hired, whoever is hired, like fans should be, fans should have no idea who he is, and those who do should be like, wow, that's awesome. Like that is such a great hire. Anything that doesn't get that reaction, I think is playing it too safe and I don't I, I honestly I personally don't think the Steelers are trying to play it safe like I don't think that there's any part of this organization or Mike Tomlin or Art Rooney or Omar Khan or anybody else who's sitting around going let's let's just make sure that this guy you know is can we can control and handle what he's going to bring to the table I think they're looking at it and going we need a splash we need something crazy and we got to go get something crazy I don't think Byron Leftwich is in the classification of crazy and because of that I just I don't think it's the right move. So Kaboli could be right. That's a good. It's a good start to the OC search. We'll dive into more. the The Senior Bowl is a, a week away, week and a half away, something like that. So there should be some names uh, that emerge from there, and the Steelers should begin their search as other candidates begin to remove themselves from the table. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere. You get your podcast. As always, check all of our work out at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. It is a beautiful day in the Berg. Finally. Very cold, but it's a beautiful day in the Berg. Enjoy it. Peace.